Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. So Psalm chapter number 42, we're going to be there in just a minute. How many of you have, uh, you've, you're a goal-oriented person. You, you like to, to set goals. Anybody in here, you like that? All right, I'm a goal person. I like to set goals. Uh, but I think everybody in here probably likes to, uh, likes to set goals. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. Um, you say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, everybody has things you want to accomplish. A lot of people might call it um, a bucket list. You ever had things that you're just like, you know, before, before I pass away or before we move or before you know, the kids are out of the house, I want to and you have an accomplishment. Maybe it's just, I want to come out living, you know, uh, before the kids get out of the house. I want to survive. Maybe that's your, that's your goal. Uh, but maybe you have a bucket list, and maybe you have different desires. I know for us, uh, when we got married and begin uh, um, having kids and raising kids, and then when we moved to Moses Lake, one of our goals was uh, within the first few years to be able to, uh, to, to buy a house and be able to really uh, have the church financially set where the church could pay us. Uh, that was a goal when we first started the church. You know, you didn't have that income. Um, and then be able to uh, get a housing allowance to buy a house. And man, praise the Lord for, you know, about four or five years ago, God opening the doors and then three years ago buying a house. Well, what was that? It was a goal. It was something we set out. I think about bucket list stuff. I'm not a big bucket list person, but I have things I've wanted to do. Uh, one of them was to go to Israel. I, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to go to Israel. And now I've been two times and I love it. And I'm looking forward to going back whenever that happens. But uh, that, that was a goal. Somebody give me a goal or, or a desire that you've had before that's been accomplished. Somebody have anything? I'll just call on people if you don't raise your hand because everybody's got something. Yes, ma'am. All right, so losing, losing weight, losing weight. How many of you have ever had that goal and you've accomplished it before? I'm not going to ask how many of you haven't accomplished it because all of our hands would go up, right? Uh, what's another goal you've had? Somebody have a goal that you had. Leo? What? All right, to work out and to lift weights. That's a good goal. Miss Rebecca? Well, when I went to college, my goal was to get married, so... And it didn't work out, but Micah came along anyway. <laughs> a goal to get married, and it, and it happened. Somebody else, what's another goal? What's a desire you had that, that, that got accomplished? Yes, ma'am. All right, having kids that love the Lord, and, uh, and so far, so good, right, man? But Dustin's like, I don't know. As for your husband, we don't know, but... Somebody else, what's another goal you've had or you've set that, that's, been, that's been kind of accomplished? Yes, ma'am. All right, getting a new car. Yeah, getting a new car and maybe a new-to-you car. I know that was my goal and, and been able to do that before. So uh, you know what? We could probably go around tonight and we could get some goals that we've seen accomplished. Now, here's ones we probably don't want to admit. What's something that's been a goal that you haven't accomplished yet? That you're like, you know what? I do. I, I want to experience that. Yes, ma'am. Retirement. Retirement. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Uh, not necessarily from ministry, but just getting getting uh, retirement age and getting through that. Somebody else. What's a, what's a goal you have? <laughs> Having kids that don't argue. Let me know what the formula is when you when you get that concoction taken care of. Uh, somebody else, what's a goal you have that, that you haven't, haven't accomplished yet that you're, you're praying for? Yes, ma'am. 
All right, doing that road trip right there. What a blessing that would be. And just don't do it in the, in the, in the summer because then it's too humid. Don't want to do that. Uh, Miss Rebecca. I'm sorry, what? Buy a house. All right. She was, did you hear her, Micah? You weren't paying attention. She said having a husband who loves her. That's a future goal. We're not. Wow. I do offer counseling again. Somebody else, you got something to share? All right, going to Israel. Dustin? Get a pilot's license. You know what? All of us have, uh, we have things, goals, tasks, we have uh, opportunities. We all have desires. And you know what? God put those in us, didn't he? I love, I love the, the scripture, um, Psalm 37. You're in Psalm 42. Turn over to Psalm 37 real quick. If I can get there. Psalm chapter 37 and um, verse number four. You ever memorize that verse? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And you know, God puts certain desires in us that, that are there for him. And, and there's nothing wrong with having goals and having dreams and having bucket lists and things that you want to do. And tonight, I want to go to uh, I go Psalm 42. It'll, the first part of it will be a very familiar psalm. But I want to bring out a goal or a desire that if we're not careful, um, we all know needs to be a part of our life, but we neglect really making it a part of our life. And that's the desire. It's it's the desire to just live in the presence of God, to just daily be surrounded by God. I think today, um, we're, Mike and I, and Rebecca as well, we were able to be in a meeting in, uh, in, uh, Linwood for a few days, and I got to spend some time with uh, our friend Kurt Skelly, and we were spending some time together, and I, I picked him up from the airport Tuesday morning, and we were in the car for maybe two minutes, and he said, man, Dennis, he said, aren't you just alarmed with what's going on with Afghanistan? He said, doesn't your heart break for the Christians that are there? And I think if you've paid attention to the news at all, um, every one of us would say it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. If you haven't paid attention, don't, don't go on to CNN and things like that, but uh, just pay attention to some news feeds and, and some Facebook Christian groups, and you begin to realize right, right now, right now, as we speak, as we have freedom to gather and put a sign up and post and have all of our freedoms, right now there are Christians hiding, fearing for their life. Right now there's Christians suffering, being tortured. Right now, right now. There's Christians giving their life. And that's not new. That's been happening in North Korea and China and other places around the world for years. But those Christians, many of them, they're experiencing peace that we've never experienced. Because I fear that in America, um, we've kind of, we've kind of got, got to the point where we live in comfortable Christianity. We don't really just desire the presence of God. We, we desire a big church. We desire uh, um, a, good, a good family. We desire uh, our friends to come to church. and We desire people to get saved. And all of those things are good. 
All of those things are great. But the number one desire of us as believers should be to live, to abide, to dwell in just the presence of God, that his life would fill us. I want to talk with us about that tonight because I believe that that was David's desire at this time in his life. Um, I, I believe David wrote Psalm 42. There's a lot of reasons for that. And so we're going to look at Psalm 42 tonight and uh, discover some things that I think will help us have a desire for the Lord in our life. Psalm 42, and I'm just going to read through the chapter, and then we'll jump into our, our passage. It says, As the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and, uh, and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these sayings, I, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holiday or holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and, and, and of the Hermonites and from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy holy billows are, are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with, with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. If you look at verse 1 and 2, we know the, the familiar chorus that came out in probably the early 90s, and it says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. It's taken from verse 1 and verse number 2, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God. You know what uh, happens in this passage? It's actually very, um, I think after I say it, you'll go, oh, well, that makes sense. David in Psalm 42, he begins with the end. He begins with the conclusion. The conclusion of all of what David is going to write is, God, my heart longs for you. My desire is to be in your presence. But then throughout the passage, we really, are, um, we really are welcomed in to the humanity that David experienced. We're welcomed in to the discouragement that he faced and the disappointments and the, the distractions and the doubts. We're, we're welcomed in to all of it. And yet through the entire chapter, we can see the desire of David 
is, God, I just want to live in your presence. And so tonight I want to challenge us with getting that desire and building that desire in our life. And, and again, I don't want to be long. Just take the next maybe 15, 20 minutes and, uh, and look at this. And I think we'll get some help tonight. So let's pray and let's ask God to, to work tonight. God, thank you for the day. Again, I thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the truth that's in your word. Thank you for um, just drawing my heart to Psalm 42 and God, how you have, uh, have used really just this thought in my mind the last three weeks. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to learn tonight. I pray that you'd help us to grow. And I pray that you'd help us to leave tonight making the decision that we want your presence in our life in our church, in our families. And Lord, that we, would, uh, that we would not simply just go through the motions of being here tonight, but that we would leave having a, uh, a heart that wants you involved. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When you come to um, <clears throat> this passage again, I, I think we can very easily see the humanity of David. And while we read the conclusion at the, of the matter at the beginning, the fact that David is desiring the presence of God in his life is, is very clear throughout the entire chapter. But I want us to notice just a few thoughts tonight about David desiring God's presence and, uh, and then see how it applies to us. I want you to notice first off tonight, number one, uh, the distractions. Notice the distractions. If you go to Psalm 42, there are some things that are distracting David's focus from the Lord. There's some things that are distracting David from even desiring the presence of the Lord. And, and there's a few of them that he gives to us. First off tonight, I noticed the distraction of burdens that he was feeling. It's believed that David wrote Psalm 42 when he was running from Absalom uh, when Absalom had, had subdued the kingdom, um, uh, Second Kings, no, First Kings chapter number 18. First Kings chapter 18, no, Second Samuel 18. Yep, and First Kings, I guess, because it all kind of goes together. Right? First Kings 18, Second Samuel 15. That's where we are. Let's do that. Uh, those chapters, I think you can correct me afterwards if I'm wrong. Um, but he's running from Absalom, and I want you to notice what David says in verse number three. Look at verse number three. Do you see what David says when he says, my tears have been my meat night and day? Do you see that there? It might, might not be worded that way. I might have, might have misquoted that, but my tears have been my meat uh, day and night. My tears have been my meat day and night. Well, what is David getting at? Well, in, in that simple phrase, David is getting at this fact, my life is burdened down right now. My tears, my despair, my hurts, the pains of my life, that has been what I've been living on and what I've been uh, focusing in on. Verse number four, notice what he says. When I remember these things, what do I do? I pour my soul in me. Okay, well, what is David saying? What is David saying? He's saying, I, I have a lot of burdens, and you know what I've been doing? I've been complaining to myself. That's what David's saying. When I, when I remember all of these things, when I remember verse number three, when I remember that my tears have been my meat uh, day and night, and, they, and those on the outside continually say to me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour my soul in me. Well, what is he doing? He's struggling with his family. He's struggling with his kingdom. He's struggling with his friendships. 
He's in a very burdensome time in his life. And what is his resource? He's saying, you know what I've been doing? I've been complaining to myself. Be honest. How many of you are like me and you complain to yourself sometimes? We all do that, don't we? Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you find a lot of comfort when you complain to yourself? Oh, we, we, we usually don't, do we? Oh, we might find a little comfort in feeling, understanding that there's somebody that feels like we feel. But then when we realize it's just us talking to us, it's not comfort. What's David getting at? David's getting at that thought. He's saying, listen, I'm experiencing a lot of burdens, a lot of outside pressures that are coming upon me. And do you know what I've been doing? I've just been complaining to myself. Isn't it interesting how burdens distract us from the presence of God? Isn't that interesting how burdens distract us from the presence of God? Don't you think I have it on your handout uh, for discussion but just real quick, uh, my question would be, how can burdens distract us, from, distract us from our need of the Lord or point us to our need of the Lord? What do you think? I mean, all of us have burdens. All of us have things that happen in life. How can burdens distract you from the presence of God? You got an answer? All right, we spin our wheels figuring out how do I fix this. It takes our time. It consumes our time, and so we feel the pressure of, well, now I've got to get other things done. I can't, yeah, I can't spend time with the Lord. Somebody else? It, it takes our energy away. Anybody else? How do burdens hinder or distract us from desiring God's presence in our life? All right, again, yeah, feeling tired, just consuming our energy. I think really if we pause, and I don't want to do it just for time's sake, if we really pause to look through all of it, every one of us would understand that all too often the burdens, the burdens that just come in, in our day in and day out pressures, it dis they distract us from the presence of God. You know what <clears throat> David was experiencing? He was experiencing that very thing. Uh, my, my tears, my the burdens of life have been my meat. They've been my focus day and night. And, and people on the outside have been saying, where is your God? And you know what I've been doing? I've just been complaining to myself. It's been distracting me from realizing that the end of the matter is my heart needs to long for him. I see the burdens, the distraction of burdens, but I notice secondly tonight, the, the distraction of really just life. You ever heard the phrase, life happens? You ever notice you can't just stop life? How many of you have wanted before to simply press pause because you felt overwhelmed with everything? I'm not talking about burdens. I'm talking about everything. Did you know life can sometimes just overwhelm us and distract us from the presence of God? Well, where do we see this in our passage? Go to verse number seven. Catch this. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are what? They're gone over me. Now, when you look at this, verse number six, 
Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from of the Hermonites and the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth in the deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. What is David getting at in all of these verses? He's saying, hey, I feel like the whole world is drowning me right now. God, you've allowed all of this to happen. And, and God, I feel like the, the downspout, it's, you could read it. Someone could say, oh, well, no, he's saying deep calleth unto thee, but the noise of thy water spouts, it's all blessings. And, and all the waves and, and thy billows are gone over me. It's all blessings. Well, if David's, if David's saying that, then why does he say yet, in verse number seven, the Lord will command his loving kindnesses in the daytime, and at night his song shall be with me. I don't think David's saying, man, there's so many blessings about me right now. I think David's saying, life is happening, and I am overwhelmed. But even in that season, it's not going to distract me from understanding verse number seven or verse number eight. I desire God. I desire him. Man, life can distract us from the very presence of God. I'll be honest and... I'm going to tell you tonight, I, uh, I knew what Micah was preaching on Sunday night, and so I, I kind of tuned into the message, and I live-streamed. I thought, what secrets do I have that Micah's going to tell everybody? And I know Micah shared uh, some of the burdens of a pastor, and I appreciate everything that was said, and I praise the Lord that, that uh, it's something I would even feel comfortable preaching in, in, our, in our church, and something that doesn't bother me, but... You know what? There's times in life that life just becomes overwhelming. For me personally, the last nine weeks have been just overwhelming, been very overwhelming. And when I was thinking three weeks ago, man, I'm going to get a break. I'm going to get a break. I'm going to get a break. And then the day before I get a break, my dad you know, loses all of that, everything going on, and, and we canceled plans and move things around and, and all of that stuff. And you know what God told me? Dennis, you don't need a break. You need me. Now, now are there times we need breaks? Yes, and God gets that, and God, God has. There's a season for relaxing. I mean, that's, that can be taught all throughout Scripture. But if we're not careful all too often, we're going to say, God, I, I need a break, and not realize that what we really need is just him. Life distracts us from the presence of God. Burdens distract us. Life distracts us. What else? You can see it there on your notes. People distract us. People can distract us from the burden, from, from the, uh, the presence of God. Verse number 10, as with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, and they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Verse number three, my tears have been my meat day and night, while they, those on the outside looking in, continually say unto me, where is thy God? Or while uh, my, my, my tears and my meat even say, where is thy God? My burdens say, where is thy God? You know what David is feeling? David is feeling the pressure of people. Verse number 10, the pressure of enemies. My enemies are, 
are, are reproaching me. They are, they are expressing their disapproval of me and, and of my God. And you know what they're asking? They're asking me all the time, hey, where's your God? Hey, David, you're overwhelmed. Where's your God? It reminds me of the claims that Rabshakeh made in 2 Kings chapter 18. There's 2 Kings 18. I knew it was there. In 2 Kings 18, when, when he asked Hezekiah, who Hezekiah and the people of Israel were trusting for help. Remember, he, Rabshakeh and, and um, Isaiah even recounts it for us when Rabshakeh comes to King Hezekiah and to the people and says, hey, don't let Hezekiah tell you that you can trust in your God. We've already killed. And he begins to list all of these different gods that they've taken out. He said, and your God is not going to stand before us. And we are going to come in and don't, and hey, where is your God, Israel? What are people doing? Well, <clears throat> people have a way f- they have, people have a way of distracting our attention from where it needs to be. I think David, and again, we're going to see a lot of this in, uh, in the end of September. We'll be in 1 Samuel 15 with Absalom, and then October uh, chapter 16 uh, through 18, that, that first week, I think it is. And we're, we're going to see a lot of these things playing out. But you know what David had happen? He had, he had things happen in his life that you and I have happen in our lives that we know we need God, we know we need his presence, but the burdens of life, life in general, and then the people around us distract us from really focusing on his presence. And so tonight I just want to see, I see distractions, but number two tonight, I see doubts. Distractions kept David from the presence of God, but also there were the doubts. We won't see it, we won't look at it long, but verse number three, my tears have been meat, my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Verse five, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Verse number 10, the enemy saying, where is thy God? Verse number 11, again, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? What is, what is David experiencing in all of this? David, is, excuse me, he's experiencing some doubt. He's experiencing doubts to, uh, of the, the presence of God. And, and verse number five and verse number 11, uh, the phrase cast down, it means to be brought low. The word disquieted, it means to be troubled and in an uproar, or we might use the idea of to be filled with anxiety, anxiousness. And what is David getting at in all of this? What is he experiencing? Well, it's almost like David's having a wrestling match within himself, like uh, my, my, my soul is cast down and it's troubled and it's anxious, but, and I, I keep having to encourage myself, hey, hope thou in God. It's okay, David. Have you ever been there? Man, maybe not where you're doubting your salvation, not talking about that, but, but we doubt that God knows our situations. We, we don't doubt salvation, we doubt God's knowledge of our situations. I'm like that. I've, I've had many of times where, I've, where a doubt has easily, easily uh, distracted and clouded me uh, from what I know to be true about God. And while I know God is a God of foreknowledge and a God of sovereignty, I, I doubt that. You ever have times where you doubt that? You ever have times where you pray, and maybe, you're, maybe this is just my humanity tonight and, and, uh, and my flesh, but I know there's times in my life when I say, God, do you even know what's going on? Now, 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 I know he does, 
But because of the distractions, because of situations, because of everything going on, I begin to be like David and my soul begins to be cast down and filled with anxiety. If we were honest tonight, I think we'd probably all admit that we're there more than we'd want to admit. Times when we say, God, why? God, why'd you allow our house to burn down the second time? God, why'd you allow cancer to take that loved one? God, why'd you allow? I mean, I've been, I've been sitting here saying, God, why allow my dad to 10 years of battling cancer and literally knocking on death's door multiple times and then a stroke takes him down? Like, like God, why? God, why? We do that, don't we? You know what doubt does? Doubt often clouds our desire for the Lord. Doubt, doubt clouds our thinking. Doubt that's caused by hurts and disappointments and burdens and the influence of others. Doubt, it wrecks our longing for the Lord. I think tonight we could, again, have a discussion on how do our doubts hinder our desire for the Lord, but I think all of us understand that they do. Doubts just, they just hinder our desire for the Lord. And so tonight I really want to end talking for a few minutes. We've seen distractions. We've seen doubts. Now notice with me the desire. Notice with me the desire, and I realize now my 25 minutes is up. But I said 25 to 35, so we're good. Dustin's keeping track for me over there. <clears throat> I want us to notice the desire. As I said at the beginning of the message, David starts with the conclusion. It's like David is about to say, listen, what I'm about to give you, although I feel overwhelmed and although my heart is struggling with doubt, the overwhelming desire of my life is the presence of God. Notice it all throughout the passage. I, I don't want to take time to uh, elaborate on everything. We could do a whole series in, or a, a few messages in Psalm 42. But I just want you to notice these verses. Verse 1 and 2. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You know what David is saying there? I desire the presence of God in my life. I long for it. I thirst for it. And then the last question he asked in verse number uh, 2, when shall I come and appear before him? That's, that's a question of excitement. It's David saying, man, when's the next chance I get? When's the next chance I can go into the presence? presence of God. When do I get to experience him? Well, David, why would you want to experience him? Well, because my burdens, my tears have been my meat all day and all night. And they say unto me, where is thy God? But you know what I do? When, I, when that happens, I remember. I remember these things and it causes me to, to reflect within myself, but that doesn't bring me hope. And so verse number four, notice what he says. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the choice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy, holy day. Verse number six, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites and of the hill of Mizar. What is David talking about in those verses? He's simply saying, hey, when my heart is cast down, you know what I do? I remember the times that I've met with God. 
I remember the times that I've been with others that have experienced that holy day and others that have gone into the presence of God. And I, I remember that one time in Jordan. And I remember that one time in the, the land of the Hermonites upon the hill of Mizar. I remember meeting with God. He's saying, I want to go back to those times of sweet fellowship with others, worshiping the Lord together. I desire to be in the presence of the Lord with his people. Verse number eight, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Verse number five, when he says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? How does he answer his own question? Hey, hope thou in God. Why? Because he, I'm going to pray. I'm going to yet praise him because for he is the help. I'm going to praise him for the help of his countenance. God is looking towards me. God is staring at me. God is, he hasn't turned his head from my situation. We have a sovereign God who cares about every detail of my life. And David says, I'm going to praise him. Why? For that because of the help of his countenance. Verse 11, why art thou cast down on my soul and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Why? Because I'm going to praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Do you see the difference in those two verses? For years, I thought they were written the same. They're not written the same. No, verse number five, I'm going to praise him because of his countenance upon me. Verse number 11, I'm going to praise him because he is the health of my countenance. He's the one that helps me in my situation. Hey, you know what we need today at Moses Lake Baptist Church and what you need in your life and your family, what I need in my life with my, my teenagers and with my kids and what I need in my marriage and what you need at your workplace and what we need in this town and what into the city outreach needs. It doesn't need just a, a 5,000 tracks passed out and and 27,000 things done on Facebook and, and $400 invested into online media. And it doesn't just need a bunch of money given so that we can pass out water bottles and tracks. And all those things are good, but you know what we need? We need the presence of God. Amen. Man, we need the presence of God. But what happens? We get distracted. What happens? We get clouded with doubts. Well, what do we do? We've got to end where David begins. No matter what comes my way, I just desire God. Well, how do I do that? I just desire him today. Go read Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. It talks about the desire of the Lord. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is early, will I seek thee. God, I just want to pursue you. You know, I fear that many Christians have done is we've just gotten away from desiring the presence of God. David's desire was completely toward the Lord. I want to know him. I want to trust him. I want to be with him. I want to experience him. I want, I want to experience him with others. I long for God's presence and for his working in my life. And I wonder tonight, we talk about desires and goals and things we want to accomplish. I wonder tonight, what do you long for? I long for a I really want to raise I really want a new house. I really want a new car. I really want to, I want to, I want to go on that trip. I really want a family that gets along. Man, we, we have all these things. But I want to encourage us tonight. Let's not forget the most important thing, the presence of God. I really feel that the distractions and the doubts in my life they can be the most vocal voice. And it causes me to say, man, I can handle it. 
I'm going to spend time and energy. And I, 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 you know what I need to say? God, I need you. Yeah, I want a vacation. But more than that, God, I need you. Yeah, I want a new car, a new house, a new whatever. But God, more than those, those things aren't bad. But those things aren't most important. No, God, I want your presence in my life. I want to ask you tonight, would you just ask God to help you have a desire? God, would you give me a longing for you again? As the heart, as that deer pants, longs for, completely craves the water brook, Lord, help that to be the consuming desire of my heart. God, help that to be the consuming desire of our church. Oh, listen, I, I pray for our church and I, I want to see it grow. Don't you? Don't you want to see? I want to see that new building built. I want to see, a, I want to see a, an auditorium that'll seat four or 500 people and fill it up. I want to see that. I want to see kids' ministries that are just flourishing. That youth rally next week, 208, I want to see 300. I want to see 50 kids trust Christ. I want to see, uh, with uh, raising money for the building, I want to see us not to have to draw it out three or four years. I want to see a million dollars given. Now, are those good things? Yeah. I want to see Israel happen again. I want to see my kids move on and grow in their lives with the Lord. All those things are good, but let's not neglect the most important, that no matter what distractions come, no matter what doubts are out there, no matter what disappointments take place in my life, my one desire is the presence of God. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.org church.